All right. It is time to get to the swing of things. This is your man, Kyle Means, editorial director of War Media, VRRadio.com, here with my man, Josh Hicks, our main uh, senior writer. Big on the NBA, big on a lot of of things, but, you know, the NBA is definitely where we're going to focus on right here as we uh, get back off our little hiatus. I know it's been a while since we, a little week or two since we put out a little thing, you know, anything uh, on our own. We've been uh, sort of on a little summer break, I guess, but uh, a lot lot of busy things going about for all of us here, so... We just, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get back into the swing of things soon, more constant, uh, constant podcasting. But definitely, when you have a night like last night, you're gonna hear from us on some level. We're gonna make sure of that, and uh, you know, definitely, you know, y'all shall know at this point what happened last night. Uh, finally, we got the decision made for uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, as, as to where he's going to go, and apparently though, he had, he he sort of already made his decision. He forced uh, the Clippers to make a decision of their own, and they wound up doing that by getting Paul George. And really, the the most you have to say is probably the most shocking element of the past twenty four hours is that. You know, the Clippers, not that the Clippers are getting Leonard, the fact that they got Paul George now as well, and that essentially they had to get Paul George in order to get Kawhi. And now what you have is the, the favorite team in the Western Conference. You definitely have two of the, you know, we say top 10 players in the league on one team. And well, you could argue that that was the case last year for Paul. But now it's with a player who knows he can win the notes went on his own Kawhi. And it's you know, again two Southern California guys, two guys who for a long time have been rumored to go back to LA in some manner, mostly for the Lakers. But now they're both on the Clippers. They're still at the Staples Center, but they're for the other team in the Staples Center. And and it's really just a heck of a development that's gone on in the NBA. Really game changing the set at least. So Josh, you know, you've been a guy who you've written about creates for a long time. This particular creates period, you've been writing about it for months. And you've been a guy who is uh, your writing has advocated that people shouldn't sleep on the nets and the Clippers, the other teams in New York and LA. So you have to feel pretty vindicated knowing what's happened in the past two weeks. Yeah, man, it's a, it's, I'm glad to see that the superstars are taking an extra leap in a way that doesn't go with the, the social norm when it comes to historical franchises. Like I mentioned in my previous column, when you consider teams like the Knicks and the Lakers there's nothing but it's always going to be a huge um, historical aspect behind it so your legacy and playing for the purple and gold or the, or the um the orange and blue you're going to always have that type of um, historical le- legacy behind your name it's always something that's going to a brand that's going to represent you know the historical uh, big franchises of the big city markets and the, and the history that comes behind it 
but it's something about creating your own legacy in a franchise that's not known for high success and is known to be overshadowed when it comes to being a second tier team in a big city market that's where the Clippers and Nets come in and you have and now between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving they're changing the narrative of what it means to create your own legacy and not just creating your own legacy but enhancing your legacy in a way that's not even comparable to winning on a big to, to winning on one of the main market uh, stages Kawhi Leonard is a prime example of that he won a championship in an era where you had to have multiple superstars on one team and he changed that narrative and not just won a championship without a superstar really but he also won a championship in a franchise that's not known for winning and it's quite and quite frankly it's out of the country which is fits the uh with you know with the Toronto Raptors it fits the narrative that the NBA wants to have on a consistent basis so he already changed the league from that perspective now he's changing it in a way where he's showing that yeah I can play with other people but I don't need a whole I don't need a whole in-depth superstar lineup to make it happen I just need one go-to guy and I'm going to win and, and, and with a franchise that gives me what I want from a lifestyle perspective and from a brand perspective, but it can also improve on the brand and not just improve on the brand, but improve on my legacy of winning. And Kawhi Leonard is the perfect example to make that possible. So for him to go to the Clippers, it makes tons of sense. And for the Clippers to go all in and get Paul George makes a lot of sense. Um, it wasn't reported, but with, with, with recently with all this stuff going down, they're saying that Russ and Paul George didn't have the connection like they originally thought. And I'm not surprised by that because of the fact that we've talked about before how Russell Westbrook is becoming the Allen Iverson of our generation, where he's a great talent, but he'll never win a title because it's very hard to play with him. And that's why you have so many players like Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Victor Oladipo, and now Paul George leaving Russell Westbrook when they get there because it's hard to play against a talent like that or play with a talent like that. So even so, because of that, Paul George gets his exit and he's teaming up with someone that could obviously do it anywhere on the court, but at the same time, he doesn't have to be all hands-on. He can just slide into another role with a player that's more consistent, that's more efficient and more impactful in other ways than he would have been experiencing with Russell Westbrook. And he gets the narrative of him, of you know, him playing in his hometown. So there's other ways to enhance your legacy. And that's one of the biggest things that this free agent class really supported. The fact that you can create your own legacy in areas where you can get the benefits of a big city market or the benefits of a big city brand while also creating another narrative or legacy with a franchise that's that's quite frankly overlooked and has been overlooked for years and so with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving doing their thing in Brooklyn and now you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George doing the thing with the Clippers the narrative is always going to be a New York's always going to be a Knicks, uh, Knicks town and LA's going to always be Laker Nation but there's going to be a lot of competition now where those, where those cross-town rivalries are enhanced especially in LA now now that you got LeBron and Anthony Davis together pairing up against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it's going. To, it brings a narrative to the NBA that they they've been lacking, that they needed, 
And quite frankly, it's going to excel and bring more diversity across the league now on top of the other moves that have already been made. So this is a huge win for the NBA and a huge win for these second-tier city teams. And I'm glad that these second that these superstar players are considering going to these teams to create a legacy that not many people are willing to go after and try to um, succeed in fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, man. And it's, it's like... You know, we look at this era and we look at the, the way that players have done so much more to uh, to establish their, their themselves and establish their, uh, or to take control of their narratives, or, you know, or, or, or to establish their intellectual property. Shout out to Scoop B for establishing that phrase in, in regards to the NBA. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting now that when we look at the standard for that with LeBron, he's sort of done more obvious things throughout his career. Like with this most recent decision that he made, he made, you know, kind of an obvious decision in the end to go to the Lakers. You know, you would think, you know, it, it, what's, what's happened in the past year makes me think, you know, what if he, what if he tried something else maybe went to the Clippers or or another team like the 76ers, which could have could have worked for him as far as competing in a championship level. Instead, he made that obvious choice and burdened by, again, like you say, that history and that baggage of the Lakers franchise, he's had a tough year ahead of him. A, you know, tough year that uh, went ahead for him, I should say, in 18 and 19, and now he's, you know, things are rallying a little bit with AD on board now, but he's working from behind. Whereas Kawhi last year, he was also in a transition period. He got away from San Antonio and he sort of lost control in some ways by allowing himself to get traded to Toronto. But he made the most of his situation, won a title up there, and he made himself to the most valued property in the league going into this 2019 period. And it's amazing now that he's gonna be sitting right across from LeBron in the Staples Center with PG flanking him. And he's he's the he's the he's the king right now. He's the king because he has the title. And he's you know, he's the one who's in control. He's the one who said, No, LeBron, you don't have enough for me. I'm doing my own thing. You see, I'm a zag, and I'm a stand right by him as a champ, as a guy who's who beat you in the playoffs too, but a guy who's doing better than you right now. And I'm gonna start this whole Clippers thing off off right. It's not gonna be a failed Clippers show anymore. It's gonna be Kawhi, Kawhi and the Clippers reestablishing what success means in the NBA and what success means in LA. And I think you gotta go straight off from the from opening night, Clippers and Lakers. You gotta that's the type of narrative that we're gonna have going forward now. Who's gonna build who's gonna own LA? Who's gonna be king of LA? And the king of LA may very likely be the king of the league. And you know, like you say, as far as this reestablishing narratives and spreading out the interest of the league, diversifying the interest, 
there's nothing better than that. I think if you're out of silver and you're the headline show, because you know that more people are going to be interested in the league next year because you can't, you can't, you can't predict anything right now. Like the last two years, you could predict Cleveland in uh, Golden State, or you could predict Golden State versus whoever. Now you got Golden State is pretty much out of the picture as far as the championship level. They probably still playoffs, but they're not a championship level team right now because they lost talent and they got more talent that's injured. But you got you got the both LA teams in the mix. You got Utah. You got uh, Houston. You got you got a. a about four or five teams firmly in the mix in the West, and you have all that rising talent in, in the East as well. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, the Nets are going to be better, but they got to wait until the Rams until they can talk about championships. It's, it's, it's going to be an amazing season going forward. Yeah, man, definitely. We also have to talk about the fact I, we have to highlight how much of an impact Kawhi has made. Honestly, since he's been in San Antonio, Kawhi has been the only guy to truly stop dynasties consistently. Yeah. He stopped the LeBron James Miami Heat dynasty. He stopped the Golden State Warriors dynasty, and he all did. And he did it for the most part as the main guy or the guy that didn't have much superstar talent around. him. But he was able to get the job done as the main leader. Right. And now you're telling me that he's going to bring that talent to a franchise that's similar to like a Toronto Raptors, per se, when you look at their structure of a lineup. it's it's It changes the narrative that, that you have to have a lot of superstar talent on your team, which goes against what LeBron has always done. LeBron has always been a guy you have to have at least one or two big three type of lineups for him to win championships. And that's how he's won all of his championships. Right. And the Kawhi is completely opposite. He's changing that narrative. And because of that, like you said, now they're going to be facing against each other consistently. Kawhi is bringing back the narrative that the old heads want to see. You know what I mean? They want to bring, they bring he's bringing back that narrative of, I don't need anybody else. I can be the main guy for myself. And everyone follows my lead. And everyone's gonna follow my lead in the market that I choose within the market that I choose, which is the lesser of the bigger franchises. That's gonna be much more respected, even though LeBron James is arguably gonna go down as one of the top three ever play, uh, best players to ever even play in this league. His narrative of winning championships and how that made a huge effect within player development and player movement post free agency era. Um. That's when it comes to messing with the legends and the old heads that think differently of those decisions. You know, Kawhi kind of steps in and fills that void that, you know, most legends may not fully accept with LeBron James or Kevin Durant. And it restores the balance of the league and how you want to win within the league. So we have, so Kawhi Leonard is literally not just the, the showstopper of franchises, but he's basically the savior of the NBA. Because who would have thought that with LeBron James pairing up with all these big three lineups and having these all these different superstars he's been playing with, who would have and Golden State performing the same acts with Kevin Durant? Who would have thought Kawhi Leonard would be the guy to stop all of that and change that narrative and now bring that narrative to his hometown? That's something that's never been done before, and he's rewriting that whole entire script. 
if he wins in, if he if he wins a championship with the Clippers in LA, he will be basically Toronto in the US and Toronto in the Canada. Because he's creating a narrative that's never been done before. Wait, yeah. And it, it'd be two of the he like like what LeBron has in sixteen, he had a, an unprecedented a title run, you know, by bringing a, a title to Cleveland. But like like you say, Kawhi could have two such runs in his career if he wins in, in if he wins with the Clippers, because you know we it's it's, it's going it's hard for a lot of people who who have just watched the NBA in the past fifteen years to understand just how how uh, futile the Clippers were prior to these past this past decade they were they were absolutely one of the most laughing stock teams in all of professional sports not just basketball all of professional sports so for the Clippers to be seen as a team that's in the running for any championship is that's an amazing feat in and of itself the Clippers still have not even been in the Western Conference Finals so in a way why has this first year where he doesn't even really have to win the title? If he could get the Clippers in the finals, in the conference finals, or in the or in the proper finals, then he's made a, he's made an incredible statement in, in and of itself. Oh yeah, definitely. And he are and, and that's what makes this move so special especially for Clippers fans because he already rewrote that narrative with Toronto yeah. Toronto only made the I, I want to say they made the conference finals twice overall in their, in their entire franchise career Three, you know during the Vince Carter era and post Vince Carter the, and, the Carter they, they made it to the semifinals semifinals yeah semifinals and the one time they only made it one time I think with Kyle Lowry and DeRozan to the Eastern Conference Finals but ultimately lost to that's Cleveland. right so if they did so with that being said they couldn't get past Cleveland but yet look but yet Kawhi comes in and doesn't just get to the Eastern Conference Finals but wins it against a Golden State Warriors dynasty you know for him to already have that experience it's nothing for him to bring that over to the Clippers who have arguably a better a a very similar roster to what Toronto had and that bring that to the West, that has been with the Golden State, like you said, with the Golden State Warriors uh, dynasty diminishing, and you know, other teams making other teams that made power moves, and the Lakers have been making power moves too, but from a depth perspective, from a superstar talent perspective, and just from an overall standpoint with coaching, player development, front office, you can argue that the Clippers can like could be the, the, the front's leaders to basically make the finals. If all goes well, like Toronto had with their situations, so if, if if you're a Clippers fan and you want to change the narrative, you got the right guy to change the narrative. You got the most perfect guy to change that narrative. It's just a matter of continuing to put the talent around him to make it possible. And the Clippers, knowing Steve Ballm, knowing the history of Steve Ballmer and his willingness to spend whatever cash is necessary, with the historical leadership of uh, Doc Rivers, like uh, Frank Lawrence. And that entire front office with Jerry West, the legend Jerry West, who we cannot forget, played obviously played obviously played a huge role in revamping multiple franchises, including the Lakers when he got Shaq and Kobe, including the Golden State Warriors when he brought KD to the Warriors, and now we're bringing 
Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers with his input and his and uh and his you know input and decisions. He bringing in the right people to help change the narrative of what it's like to, to demonstrate this fran- the, the franchises to revamp the franchise. Yeah, you got the right people, and for him to go to the Clippers where they have the front office management and everything to continue that narrative. The Clippers are set for a long term to where, with any time within those four or five years, they're gonna get it. It's pretty much almost a guarantee that they should be getting a championship. And once that happens, the sky's the limit for any type of narrative for Kawhi Leonard to. He can, like you said, he'll ultimately be the king of the NBA because he's done it in a way that fits the narratives. And from a historical standpoint, while you he's mixing an old school mindset with the new school narrative. So he's been combining both of those things together to win championships on multiple levels on three different teams, probably become the finals MVP of those three teams. It's 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 changed it changed the whole historical aspect of who you really consider as the king of the NBA. Well yeah, you, you know Le- LeBron has an era of his own. You can you can argue you know even though he didn't win until uh, 12, the league has pretty much been about him since as far as maybe 06, 07. But like I say, he had to, he still had to, he still had to learn how to win. And since 12, he's won, he's, he's won what, three titles. And, you know, he's, he's been in the finals, like, like I say, every year since 11. Uh, uh, no, leading up to this year. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you look at Leonard at the same time, he has an era that's bridging LeBron. And with this with this latest move now, with this this you know, he has like like you said, he has the chance to really define himself as an era defining player. May not maybe not his own era, but he's the guy who we can look at as probably being LeBron's biggest foil. And being the guy who knows he played at a at a level that LeBron only LeBron could match, and, and in some ways not even match because LeBron, if LeBron doesn't win in LA, he will he'll have only won titles for two teams. Whereas you know uh, Leonard has the chance to win titles for three teams, and you know he like I said he's checkmated him in this situation here in LA where. LeBron was hoping, praying, uh, hoping and praying that you know he would have the services of Kawhi, but Kawhi instead said, "No, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to, like you said, in the, much in the way that the old school players think that Mike, that Mike thought, and that Larry, that Larry and Magic and so on and so forth, they wanted to be their own kings of their own kingdom. They wanted to have their own place." where they knew they were the man and that gave themselves the opportunity to take on the rest of the league and show that they that they ran the league. LeBron was just a little bit too dependent on, you know, and, and this, you know, it makes sense being that he's a little, he's a bit older than Kawhi. He's, what, seven years older than Kawhi, I believe. So, you know, he, he really is at a point in his career where he had, he know he needs younger talent to help him to help him win it all. Kawhi doesn't feel that. He's like, okay, I just need one guy. Give me my 
give me mascari got mascari and paul and let's go and He's ready now, and he, like, like you said, the, the the stakes are even higher for him. But the way that Kawhi moves, the way that he's proven now, is that he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't stress over much, he doesn't overplay his hand, which is something that LeBron does a little too much, as far as putting things out in the media and doing things publicly. No, Kawhi doesn't do that. He just makes his moves. He let the Clippers know behind the scenes. I need I need my guy Paul with me. They went and did what they what they needed to do. Like you said, like you said, we learned of all this with with, with just catching up with all this other narrative that's involved. I'm starting to overuse the word narrative here. I mean, you listeners you notes, know, but but this is but it is a big part of what's going on. There were machinations and stuff that were involved with all this that we that nobody knew about. Even a lot of the insiders didn't know about, like uh, like you said, Josh, with the whole thing with PG and Russ, and you know, I think that's that may be a reason why, you know, because people are asking why was Oklahoma City so willing to do this stuff, that do this trade, this deal, you know, granted they a lot out of the deal, but Oklahoma City probably was looking at what happened this past year and saying. Well, we can't do any better than we probably did this year, and our two guys aren't feeling our two top guys aren't feeling each other any more than they did five years ago when KD and Russ was was going. So we just let's just rebuild now. Let's get what we can for Paul. Get these picks. Get these young players. And you know, the, the question now is: Are they also going to get rid, rid of Westbrook? Redo the the whole thing entirely down there in Oklahoma. That's that's going to be a big question going forward. But uh, you know, I think the writing was on the wall for the for the Thunder franchise, and you know, surprisingly, not surprisingly, at this point, Kawhi was able to take advantage of that and build the team that he wants now in uh, in L.A. and he's able to do it without having to. Uh, succumb to the pressure of being a Laker. Now he's going to reestablish again what winning is in LA by being Clipper. And, you know, it's, it's it's an amazing thing to see. Yeah, man. It, it, you, you bring up the question that everyone's trying to consider now was what's the next step for the Oklahoma City Thunder? And you kind of have to feel like, like you said, the, the writing the writing's on the wall. It's hard to win with Russell Westbrook. It's always been hard. You always get you'll get your regular season wins, you'll get to the playoffs. When it comes to the big time moments that you need Russ to perform, he hasn't always been there. And no matter what talent you put around him, they seem like they just can't get over that hump. So you don't just have to consider about the fact of whether they're gonna trade Russ or not. You gotta consider if Billy Donovan's the right coach. You gotta figure you gotta figure out if he's the right if they have the right coaching staff and leadership to where if they were to do this rebuild, can they help develop these players and get them to a level where they can be contenders again? And that's something that, you know, with Billy Donovan has been in question. So you have to really consider these other options as well as the fact that if they do trade Russ, not just what they're going to get for him, but what, they can, what can they build around this new, uh, what nucleus can they build for this new 
rebuild that they're going to have to go through, which Oklahoma City really has never gone through since they drafted Kevin Durant. Nope. And, and yeah, and, and you know, I think, I think that goes without saying, too, when you mentioned Donovan, it's like, you know, Donovan was brought in there to win a, to win a championship, essentially. He was brought in there to deal, because he, he was brought in there when Kevin was still here. So he was brought there to manage these two big stars and allow them to play game, play the game that they wanted to with supporting cast and take Oklahoma City to the next level. Obviously, he didn't do that. And I think there's blame to be laid at his feet as well as, as Russ's feet. And, you know, if you're Oklahoma City, yeah, pretty much you, you, you're looking at the situation where you're rebuilding that, you're rebuilding that from the bottom up, much like the Clippers did, much like the Nets did. It's like a few other teams are trying to. The Lakers are trying to rebuild from the from the bottom up and make yourself feasible again for future talents that are coming up in the league or talents that may not even be in the league at this point. You know, if you're, the, if you're Oklahoma City and if you're if you're Russ too, I think I don't know I don't know how much Russ would want to push it himself, but. You're Russ, you have to think, okay, you know, can I can I really win here? Do I really need to join some other some other situation that is more established right now? And, you know, be, be that I don't I don't know what team that could be at this at this moment. You know, but if, if you're looking at Russ Westbrook being traded. You're looking again at the further dispersal of talent in the league, and that's being being affected and making the league again more more uh, parity, you know, central. You know where you can't uh, the talent has been so so uh, localized in a couple of places over the past few years. Now you got this got this elite talent spreading out, spreading out to different franchises and un- unexpected franchises. So in a year or so, we may see Russell Westbrook, this guy who's been so associated with Oklahoma City, playing for another team now because both he and the Thunder, you know, they, they got to come to this conclusion soon enough that they're not right. They're not, on some level, they're not right for each other. On some level, they're not going to get the type of things that they imagined for themselves going as far back as 2012 when they made that that run in the, in the NBA Finals. And it looked like, you know, Oklahoma City is going to be a team record with the years to come. They have been a competitive team over that, over that time since, but they've also been very disappointing in a lot of ways. Yeah, man, you hit it right on the head. It's just amazing. It's just it's just amazing what we're gonna have to see, not just within this year with the, all the diversity of the talent that's being spread out throughout the league, but like you said, when you have teams like Oklahoma City trying to stay relevant, you just you have to you always have to just wonder a question: What are they going to do to keep their relevancy, or or are they going to just step take a step back and just say, you know what, we don't need to be relevant right now. We need to rebuild and focus on the next move because. You're not, you don't have to just trade Russell Westbrook. You probably have to trade Steven Adams, too. I mean, they got big contracts that 
Oklahoma yeah. was willing to absorb because they thought they was getting to that next hump. If they thought they was ready to take that next step, and now they're not, you got, you got to tr- somehow get rid of all that calories, uh, salary cap space. You got to you got to get some of that money back. So you're gonna have to eventually yeah. trade Stephen Adams too. And, From the bottom, that's what I'm saying. You got to lay it all out. Yeah. So it's gonna be a uh, Sam Presti. I always been known as a genius when it comes to uh, making big time moves at the right moments, but it also backfires on it. I kind of look at Sam Presti very similar to like a Daryl Morey, where when the time, when the moment seems presents itself, it seems like it's the most best move you can make. You do everything you can to do it, but then it backfires, and you're not winning like you're supposed to. And but, and then the blame's gonna be on you because you helped make the decision. It's the same situation. I felt I, I kind of view Oklahoma City Thunder's uh, situation similar to Houston's right now, because Houston, when they thought they could get over the hump. They couldn't even get over. They couldn't get over the hump, and now everyone's looking at Darren Morey and Chris Paul and trying to figure out. Okay, so why'd you make that trade? And you get Chris Paul can't get us over the hump. You made a, you made a huge effort to go after Carmelo Anthony. If you're the Thunder, you made a huge effort to go after Carmelo Anthony. You make a huge effort to go after Paul George, and not just trade for Paul George. You even kept him there. You 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 willingly was able to work with them to sign a nice three year max deal to stay committed to your franchise. And throughout all those times, you're making all these trades to get the best players you can to get with Russ. And you realize that nothing's worked out. You can't get over that hump. A lot, like you said, there's a lot to go along with it. And I think a lot of it does have to deal with Russ and his playing style, how he's not been able to make adjustments in certain moments and key moments of the games like he needs to. But it also goes back to Presti and some of the hires that he's made, whether it's hiring Billy Donovan. Whether it was trading for these players, thinking they're gonna work for Russ, but quite frankly, they never worked out. So you gotta like, you have to really find out where the cancer is within the franchise that's preventing your growth and from preventing you from getting to that next level. Once you once they figure that out, that's when Oklahoma City will, will be able to take that next leap to stay um, relevant and competitive, especially within the Western Conference that now is ridiculously loaded. Like we thought it was loaded beforehand. Now it just it now it just went to a whole nother level. And yeah. and the, like you said, the, and the East is rising too. It's not the same old Eastern Conference as it was in previous years. It's it's still very competitive and it's on the rise. And it got in the and like you said, the powers have shifted now that you got Kyrie and KD. Now you got KD moving to the East side. It's it's a lot more competitive. So. This may be the perfect time for OKC to pull the plug and say, you know what? Let's just take a step back and revamp this whole thing. So as these years where these older, these aging players that are still the tops of the league start to decrease or decline, will be they'll be there to take that next that next leap to overcome that uh that next uh, hurdle. So it's going to be really tough to see what the future holds for that franchise. It's more specifically Russell Westbrook. Because I don't know a team that can that's competitive right now and in win mode situation right now that's willing to absorb that huge contract and not just absorb it, but somehow find a way to make him gel with the team that he will be traded to. That's gonna, it's very hard to find that perfect fit for Russell Westbrook, and I just want and it makes you wonder what his future really holds, not just within you know the franchise itself or in OKC. But really within the NBA, 
you really gotta wonder what what his future is really gonna be like. Yeah, and and that that Allen Iverson comparison may be really apt at when it's all said and done, Josh, because you know what we had with AI, he had such a, a productive run, a, an illustrious run in Philly, but after that he got traded, traded uh, to Denver, traded to Detroit, traded to uh, to uh, Memphis. He just he kept bouncing around because he was always AI, and that didn't that meant less and less with each team that he went to and he could never adjust himself in a way where he could just be another guy on another team and I, I could foresee that definitely being the case with, with Russ you know even if he goes to another team that that chemistry the chemistry that he has with that team is probably going to be off he's not going to change the way that he plays not gonna want to change that enough to fit whatever other scheme that he's into. And it'll just be a, a, a constant increase in output from him until there's enough players who there's enough newer players in the league who does what he does, where uh, you know the rest of the league is gonna look and say, well, we don't need Russ anymore because we got this guy. Those type of things for much cheaper, much less uh, attitude. So, you know, it, it's, I, I fear, I, I want to see, you know, that's not what I want to see. I want to see Russ maybe make a run if possible on another franchise. But I don't think, because I don't think he's going to make a run again, Oklahoma City. But it's going to be up to him. It's going to be up to Oklahoma City, too, as well, in regards to where they, uh, what decision they make with him or what decision they make together. So, that'll be an interesting thing to see going forward into this next season. Will, you know, will some, will some sort of uh, breaking point be there? What could, what effect could that have on the rest of the teams? Will he find himself in another competing position or will he just fade away into the background where while his other teams and his other players, including his former team, Many of his former teammates, you know, continue the battle for, uh, for supremacy in the NBA. But uh, let's, let's leave it at that for now, man. We're going to get back to uh, doing some more recording, like I said, real soon, and uh, more reacting to all this madness in the NBA and other, many other stuff. But uh, Josh, man, let, let the people know uh, what's coming up from you and uh, where they could. Yeah, man, my next column, I'm going to work on my next column talking about the impact of the Kawhi Leonard uh, Clipper situation, how he really saved the NBA, and he's a savior of this generation of basketball when it compares to the older heads and how they've util- utilized their, their forms of player movement compared to what LeBron established in 2011 when he went to the Miami Heat and how it compares to the generation of basketball that we're going through right now. So look for that column coming out real soon. You can find all my information and all my updates on Twitter at, at jhicks042. So J-H-I-C-K-S-042. And you can find it all on Instagram as well at that guy Josh Hicks. So be continue to be on the lookout. And of course, like always, man, it's all we always gonna be coming up with some stuff. So be on the lookout for the 
than more conversations and recordings that we're going to have within the group. Definitely, definitely. Uh, talk to your man and uh, yeah, check out check out Josh's upcoming column on free agency as soon as you can, uh, as soon as he puts that out, I should say. And uh, also, you can read Chris Penn and he's uh, wrote up a little something on the Bulls, specifically his opinions on the Bulls, uh, free agent, uh, free agent, uh, some work signings this year. And uh, you know, a lot of people haven't been, uh, you know, you've had all these big moves and the Bulls have been sort of low key, but I think that I kind of agree with Chris where, you know, I think they haven't made the big moves, but they made some, some right moves that, uh, really improve that should improve the team so you know uh, you know if you don't if you have any feelings on the Bulls you know definitely check out that piece and uh, like I said we'll have plenty more basketball coverage coming out about the summer and uh, also check out all the other stuff on um, baseball football the Bears coming up you know we're gonna uh, give you all that and more coming up here on uh, weareradio.com award also, the big three, <laughs> definitely the big three. Our intern, Ian Jackson, has uh, helped us out with that. And uh, we'll have some more big three coming up soon. So, uh, a couple of weeks, they're going to be here in Chicago as well. So, helps me in the building for that depth. But uh, for now, this is your man, Kyle Means, signing off. Josh Hitch, signing off. And I uh, hope y'all have a good time this weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Holiday. Uh, hope uh, you keep cool in these hot streets this summer, man. Keep, keep it safe out there. And uh, yeah, we'll holler at you real soon. Keep bouncing.